2: Welcome to the Get Fit Guy's quick and dirty tips to get moving and shape up. My name is Brock Armstrong, and I'm the Get Fit Guy. As I said in a podcast episode called Turn Your Fitness Weaknesses into Fitness Strengths, being fit can be boiled down to this statement. Fitness is being able to move through this world with as few limitations as possible. To achieve that goal, we need to focus on our weakest parts rather than our strongest. And the functional movement screening test is a great way to find those weaknesses. My job as a coach is to prepare an athlete for the variety of movements that they will need to be able to perform in order to participate in their chosen activity. To help with that, I often include some sort of analysis of fundamental movements into their preparation for training. This type of screening can help determine what abilities they possess or lack, where their strengths are, and where they may need some specific attention. This gives me a great idea of where to start building their fitness program. At its root, a functional movement screening, or FMS, is a test that is used to identify asymmetries or deficiencies in an individual's strength, flexibility, and general movement. The FMS aims to identify as many imbalances in mobility and stability as is possible, using seven fundamental movement patterns. The seven movement patterns are designed to allow someone like me, a coach, a trainer, or a physiotherapist, to observe your performance of basic locomotor, manipulative, and stabilizing movements by placing you, the athlete, in extreme positions where your weaknesses and imbalances are most noticeable. Then, once these deficiencies have been identified through the FMS, we can create a program of corrective exercises that will shore up these deficiencies before they can, number one, cause injury, and number two, create some poor movement patterns that can be hard to unlearn. Now, you may be wondering why correcting imbalances is important. Well, Injuries happen for many reasons, but one of the main reasons stems from strength imbalances. Now, let's say you're a runner, defined as someone who enjoys running. You don't have to be a pro or even that fast, just like running. Now, if you have one glute muscle that is significantly stronger than the other glute muscle, well, that's an imbalance. It's not uncommon to have one side of your body be stronger than the other, but ideally we would work to minimize that. If you have one strong glute and one weak one, the quadricep on the weak glute side is going to have to work harder to make up for your lazy butt. If you think about the running movement, it's not hard to imagine how this scenario can lead to a lopsided gait and the potential for injury. Now, on the other hand, Even if you don't eventually end up injured, there's simply the matter of making that imbalanced movement pattern into a habit, which can limit your speed and potential in that sport. Now, let's say you're a swimmer now, and you have one arm that has significantly less flexibility than the other arm. You're able to move your left arm through a full range of motion resulting in a lovely freestyle stroke, but your right arm lacks the flexibility to recreate that same motion. Since we humans are beings who love efficiency, the more you practice swimming in this imbalanced way, the more your brain will create neuromuscular connections between your brain and the muscle that reinforce this lopsided movement pattern. So even if you spend time increasing the flexibility of that right arm, you'll still have to unlearn that lopsided movement before you will be able to swim symmetrically. Now, if we had nipped that lack of arm flexibility or lack of glute strength in the bud, we could have avoided the running injury or the lopsided swim stroke, and you would have excelled at your chosen sport for many years to come.
0: Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula.
2: Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. So let's get into the functional movement screening, shall we? All right. The FMS usually consists of seven movement patterns, which take you through a gauntlet of mobility and stability challenges. The seven movement patterns are then scored from 0 to 3 points and then added up at the end into a scoring range from 0 to 21 points. Now the seven movements are the deep squat, the hurdle step, inline lunge, active straight leg raise, trunk stability push-up, rotary stability, and shoulder mobility. So let's go through those one by one, starting with the deep squat. We generally start the test with the deep squat because it challenges total body mechanics and because it is exactly (laughs) what it sounds like too. It's a deep squat. You get yourself into the deepest squat that you can, but with a twist. You're also holding a broom or a hockey stick or some other thing above your head with both hands. Now to do a deep squat properly, you must have a number of components in place. The appropriate pelvic movement, good dorsiflexion in the ankles, appropriate amount of flexion in your knees, a decent amount of flexion in your hips, and also, since the movement is done with your arms overhead, extension of the thoracic spine and shoulders. This is a good test, and you know what? If I'm being honest here, I haven't been able to score a 3 out of 3 on this one for many years, so I'm continuing to work on my deep squat. Now the next one is the hurdle step. The hurdle step challenges the body's proper stride mechanics by taking the body through a stepping motion. This is done by having the athlete step over a nearly knee height obstacle while holding a broom or again a stick across their shoulders. Now performing the hurdle step test requires stability in the ankle, the knee, and the hip. It also requires dorsiflexion of the ankle while also showing the flexion of the knee and the hip. And since you spend a portion of this movement standing on one foot, this also tests your balance. Now here's a quick tip. I've found that many people have much better balance on one foot than the other, so don't feel bad if you tip over on, say, your left side, but you're fine on your right. And the next movement is the inline lunge. The in-line lunge tests the lower body while also challenging the trunk and extremities to resist rotation and maintain proper alignment. This is done by having the athlete step out into a lunge position while also holding that same broom or hockey stick along their spine. Their feet must be parallel and directly in line with each other, which makes this even trickier than it sounds. To perform the inline lunge test well, you must have good stability in the ankle, knee, and hip, as well as decent hip abduction. You also must have good mobility of the hip, ankle dorsiflexion, and quad or thigh flexibility. But don't let all of that scare you. This one isn't really that bad. And here's a quick tip. I suggest doing it near a wall so you can reach out and stabilize yourself if, or maybe when, (laughs) you find yourself tipping over. And the next movement is the active straight leg raise. Now this one assesses hamstring and calf flexibility while also demonstrating pelvis stability and active extension of the opposite leg. Now, you start this test by having the athlete lay down on their back and raise one leg at a time up off the ground as high as they can without lifting their hips out of alignment and off the floor. The ability to perform the active straight leg raise requires functional hamstring flexibility, which is different from passive flexibility. And that's the kind of flexibility you'd see when you're doing static stretching during, say, a yoga class. Because it is a leg raise, not a passive stretch, we can easily assess the type of range of motion and flexibility which applies more directly to sport because the muscle is active rather than relaxed. Think of the motion of kicking a ball or jumping over a hurdle. It's kind of like that. And the next movement is the trunk stability push-up. This is similar to the garden variety push-up aside from the position of the hands, You can think of laying on your stomach with your hands in the this-is-a-stick-up position. In a regular push-up, your hands would be under your shoulders, but in this test, they're up by your ears. This movement tests the athlete's ability to stabilize the spine while supporting your body weight in a challenging position. The ability to perform the trunk stability push-up requires symmetric trunk strength as well as coordination of nearly your entire body. Not to mention the upper body strength to actually be able to do the push-up. Now here's a quick tip on this one. If you aren't currently able to actually do a regular push-up, well, you have already identified the weakness. So skip this test for now and work on your push-ups first by following my push-up zero to push-up hero plan. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes over at getfitguy.quickanddirtytips.com. And the next movement is called rotary stability. And this one's kind of like the bird dog core exercise, which you can go and see on my YouTube channel. And you may have done this one in the past, but instead of getting on all fours and lifting the opposite arm and leg, you actually lift both limbs on the same side tricky, right? The rotary stability test really challenges the athlete's multi-plane trunk stability by putting the body in a very precarious position of trying to maintain balance all on one side of your body. But don't worry if you fall over in this one. I actually have never seen anyone hold this position for too many reps or for too long. And the final movement is the shoulder mobility test. Now, you may have done this one in a yoga class. In a nutshell, you're simply trying to touch your hands together behind your back by reaching one arm over your shoulder and the other one from below your armpit. The shoulder mobility test assesses bilateral shoulder range of motion, combining internal rotation and adduction and external rotation with abduction, which is really just a fancy way of saying it tests how tight your shoulders and your chest are. Now let's get into how you score the test. Now, some of the scoring is pretty intuitive, like losing your balance or obvious tipping or collapsing in the spine or your legs, but some of the scoring is more subtle. For instance, to get a perfect score of three in the hurdle step, you would need to, number one, have the hips, knees, and ankles all aligned, number two, minimal to no movement in the spine, and number three, the stick that's across your shoulders needs to stay level to the ground. In the trunk stability push-up, we're generally looking for the body to simply lift off the ground with no sagging or lagging in the spine. The body should look like a stable, single piece of human meat lifting all at once. Probably the easiest one to score is the shoulder mobility test. If the athlete can reach behind their back and be at least within one hand length of touching the other hand, they get all three points. Each additional hand length apart costs one point, but only to a minimum of zero. You don't get into negative points here if the distance is greater than three hand lengths. Now, if you're interested in getting a test like this done, I would encourage you to find someone to administer the test who's been trained properly. But if you are simply curious, it can be fun to just do these seven movements at home in front of a mirror, or better yet, get a friend to film you doing each of these movements from a couple of different angles and then watch it yourself. It's amazing what you can learn from watching yourself do this test. And here's an important point. The FMS aims to identify imbalances in mobility and stability during functional movements, not to predict whether you will get injured or win a race. It's a great tool, but it's not the be-all-end-all in athletic diagnostics, so don't let it get you down. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I want to let you know that I have a very active YouTube channel and I post every two weeks. I put a new workout up there or a new exercise routine or a movement or some helpful video or another. And you can find that by going to brockarmstrong.com slash YouTube. It's brockarmstrong.com slash YouTube. That'll take you right there, and you can just scroll through, take a peek, and also send me a note and let me know if you want me to do any specific type of movement and show you how to do that. I'd be happy to oblige. My email address is getfitguy at quickanddirtytips.com. Getfitguy at quickanddirtytips.com. Now, my name is Brock Armstrong. I'm the Get Fit Guy, asking you, what are you waiting for? Give the Functional Movement Screening Test a try.